Blog Talk Radio. You guys hear me? Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Streams live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and a welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 293. Uh, guys, I've got your mics open, by the way, so don't make any weird noises, Will. Sorry, did I say that out loud? Hey, we just had a fantastic <laughs> weekend. Oh, God, stop it. Um, we just had a fantastic weekend of football. Uh, a lot of the playoff um, positions were clarified, and we're going down the stretch. There is really only one more meaningful game of football, uh, although there's four games next week. Uh, only one of them matters to the playoff situation, and that's going to be the uh, BC Calgary game. If Calgary wins, they get first place. If BC wins, Calgary gets second place, and the Riders get the bye into first. I don't know how that happened. How does Calgary drop from favor so quickly, so badly? Oh, well. Moving on. What else are we going to talk about? I got everybody online here. Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm really not going to rant about anything. That's okay. I'm doing all right. There'll be lots to rant on later in the show, though. So. <laughs> I'm sure. Have you got uh, anything on that hit by uh, Odell Willis? I don't, but I figured we'd probably just discuss it during the game chat because it was quite the topic of conversation for the last couple all day, of days. All day today. Well, all day I'm today not going to call it comical. Night. It's not really comical, but yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. So, did you did you enjoy the games this weekend? Uh, some more than others. Um, the Friday game I thought was, uh, quite good. Um, the Saturday games, uh, the early game I enjoyed a fair amount. Um, the (laughs) last night's game, the BC Saskatchewan hit, was not, um, exactly my favorite game, and I only saw bits and pieces of today's game, but... Overall, I always enjoy watching football, so. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, the BC Riders game wasn't that bad of a football game. I wasn't really disappointed by it because, like I said before, I don't really care if BC wins or not. I mean, you're going to go back into uh, Winnipeg and then possibly back into Mosaic to play football in the West. So why don't you just go to Hamilton? Uh, so I'm, I'm really comfortable with what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hamilton's not going to be as loud and as noisy as, as IGF or Mosaic. No, and, of course not. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's really, I mean, you can play football over there, and, you know, BC can beat Hamilton So and, and, and Ottawa. So, you know, it's a, it's a good possibility that Wally could end up in the Grey Cup in his final year coming through the East, being the first guy mm-hmm. to ever do that. And, Might uh, be a fitting way for him to go out, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It would be so. I'm not. Uh, I'm not overly disappointed by that. Um, yep. Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Doing really good. I enjoyed the week of football quite a bit. Yeah. And the yeah, fog. Yeah. The, 
the cannon smoke finally lifted. <laughs> cannon smoke. That's, that's funny. Oh, is it ever. It stayed for two days. It's amazing. Yeah, it did. I, 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 and I'm sure that we, we're going to touch that. I'm sure there's something tonight going to touch that. Oh, yeah. Derek. Derek. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, Will, welcome to the show, buddy. Hello, I'm here. I enjoyed football this weekend, what I've watched of it. Um, Friday night, I had a conversation with myself, and my conversation with myself was, Will, you've had this TV for three years. Would you like to keep it? Okay, then go upstairs. So that's what I did. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I understand that. Go upstairs. Don't watch the end of this game. Go away. No, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm turning it off. I'll look. I, I'm. I'm more. I'm more in love with my cell phone than my TV. So, I went upstairs and looked at results on my cell phone. So, because my cell phone is 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 work related, and I can't destroy that because I'd be screwed. So, anyways. No, I understand. I understand. So, uh, wow. Okay. Uh, it was an interesting weekend of football. I'm sure that not everything turned out the way that everybody wanted it to. Uh, but, you know, bottom line is that uh, things happened. And uh, this is we don't, ha- we don't have be... anybody on our podcast that is disappointed. This has got to be one of the most interesting years ever. Oh, it, without question. Without question. I mean, first place in the West is not decided yet. We're going into the final week. Please tell me when that last happened. I don't remember. Yeah. No, I don't either. I don't either. We'd have to look hard. I I think you're going back 20 years. There's usually a runaway winner in the West all the time, so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been multiple different teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just... It, it's never been this close. So, yeah, good on them. I'm happy about it. Okay, so let's jump right in this and talk some football. And uh, we're going to talk about that Calgary-Winnipeg game. And it was in Winnipeg. And, Mark, you were at the game, the Fog Bowl. God, there was a lot of smoke, eh? Oh, well, you know, with the cannon going off so many times, it just had nowhere to go. Well, doesn't the cannon only go off when you score? Yes. You didn't score that, that many smoke. times. Yeah, that wasn't smoke. That was fog. Now, e- even Montreal scored more points. Well, shit, everybody, every game this week scored more points than Winnipeg did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I fully enjoyed the game, obviously. It was good to see Nichols have his best game of the year right near the end of the year. He was really, really on on Friday. Uh, He hit a couple of nice big long bombs, which was really good to see because his accuracy is still a little iffy on the long passes. So to get some confidence with hitting those. But, um, again, Andrew Harris had another really strong game. It wasn't 100 yards. He had 130, 
those combined, yeah. passing and um, running. But that's the best game I think he's had in his career against Calgary. So it's nice to see these guys starting to peak. The defense played monster again. Um, well, Mitchell was on the run quite a bit. You, you, you can't pat yourself on the back too much with this bomber victory. I mean, you are uh, playing a completely depleted Calgary Stampeder team. I mean, you might as well have been playing Montreal. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. But when you look at Winnipeg's track record with Calgary, when, uh, you know, they don't win against Calgary ever in meaningful games. So to get that monkey off their back is huge. Yeah, and it was with another, an asterisk beside it. Well, asterisk or not, doesn't matter. They still have to go and play, correct? Yeah, I understand that. But, you know, if, if, if it was the... The Stampeders team from the beginning of the season or even halfway through the season, it wouldn't have turned out the way that it did. It's, it's Ooh, only because they're completely depleted by by injuries that Calgary couldn't put up a, a, a decent offense. And I'm not taking anything away from Winnipeg. You don't get me wrong, but still, you 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 got to you got to weigh things back and forth. Well, Calgary still got a good defense. Yep, they do. Winnipeg manhandled that defense. So that was a near-perfect game. Not a ton of points, but a near-perfect game in those conditions. Because let me tell you, when they were punting, sitting in the upper deck, when they were punting, or if it was a high-thrown ball, you did not see the ball. So it was interesting conditions, and they manhandled the Calgary defense. Harris had a five, over a five-yard average. Darvin Adams went over 100 yards. Um, Wallatarski is becoming Nichols' go-to guy. He got one, only had one catch, but it was 60 yards. They beat up a good Calgary defense. And the offense... Calgary's offense was okay in the first half, but they got shut down in the second half. It's a long time since O'Shea's won a coaching battle. The team's peaking at the right time. Five straight wins. Put all the asterisks around them you want. It's five straight wins. I'll take that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I'm not like I said, I'm not taking anything away from Winnipeg. I really am not. I'm just saying that you have to just don't get, don't become a rider fan and just start toting your own horn because your team's awesome because you you beat up a, a a sad team, you know. Five games ago, everybody was making fun of the Bombers because they hadn't beaten a team over five hundred. They've now beaten every team in the league. Yeah, so be it. Away right? they go. Yep. They've answered all the critics, and they're playing at the top of their game at the perfect time. Yeah, not 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 arguing, not complaining in any way, shape, or form. I agree with you, and they are playing good football, and, and it is a, a coin toss right now between the Riders and the Bombers at the top spot in this league. If the Bombers had, had taken off on their little run a little earlier, they might be fighting for that top spot right now as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Without question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
the four-game losing streak kind of threw that out of whack. But, hey, to peak now is perfect timing. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. You know what? After to, after next week, regular season doesn't matter. Nope. True. Starts over. Everyone right. goes it, back it, to zero. It doesn't matter. We throw it away. It, it, the regular season only does the the positioning for the playoffs. Todd, calm down. Yep. What is this? More on Willis Caleros hit review of incident says the following the injury spotter having noticed that Caleros appeared to be under some distress should have stopped the game and removed Caleros prior. Well, we know that. Mm-hmm. This is Farhan. As for the hit itself, it was a high hit and should have been flagged in accordance with the standards. We are reminding our officials to the rule in favor of player safety when the location of severity of contact is in doubt. We are also instructing the umpire to join the referee in ruling on roughing the passer as that aspect of the play is viewed from additional sight lines. This play will be reviewed for possible discipline. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that one later. But, yeah, that's exactly right. Who who doesn't dis- – nobody disagrees with that. Nope. I don't. I don't. Okay. To the game. Sorry. Uh, Mark, you finished. You got more. Yes, I am. Okay. Charles, talk about this game. It's pretty radical. It was, and the Bombers – just look like they wanted it that much more than the Stampeders. I think the Stampeders in the last three weeks, uh, they've been on this losing streak where they've lost to BC, they lost to the Riders, and so on. I think that was probably the best they've looked in the entire, uh, during their losing streak, but they just, they didn't have that little bump to put them over the top that the Bombers did. The Bombers didn't want to go into the final week still not knowing whether or not they're going to be in the playoffs or not, and they just put pedal to the metal uh, and got the job done. Now, they may have gotten a little bit of assistance from a very fortunate call. I'm not going to go into that uh, too much because that's coming up later in our agenda. But you know what? The Bombers uh, came out and they needed to play, and Matt Nichols maybe had his best game of the year. And it's just been a bizarre year that virtually, if you look at all five teams in the Western Conference, they uh, at various times have looked like the best team in the league, and they at various times have looked horrible. And you, you can look at every team in the West and see the same thing about all of them. And I don't ever remember that. And I don't remember ever going into a playoff season where there has been – it's so wide open. Normally you have one or two teams where you put as the, you know, the flat-out favorite to win. I don't think there is one going into this playoffs. I think that all six teams going into the playoffs can go into it feeling like they've got a shot to win the Grey Cup, which I don't remember – um, the last time you can actually say that. Having said that, good on Winnipeg to go out and get the job done. They needed to win, and they got it done. Much like the Lions did against the Eskimos last week, they took that game and they got 
they got what they needed done. They got the clinched and uh, were able to um, hold on for the victory. And for Calgary, well, back to the drawing board. I mean, it's quite clear that the the injuries that they had on offense have kind of um, depleted their offense. Uh, they're just not as dangerous uh, on offense as they were with uh, at 100%. And that's having the negative offense, uh, effects, I believe, on their defense because I think their defense is on the um, on the field far too much and tiring out. So um, good for the Bombers to get the, uh, get, uh, the win, and I'm really um, looking forward to going down, getting this last week over with and getting into the playoffs because it, it could be uh, a real exciting one. Awesome. Well, I know this was not your favorite game, and uh, thankfully you didn't destroy yeah, well, your TV set. Well, well, Go ahead. well, all of you guys are all of you guys are way, way off on why the why the Stamps lost. I think the Stamps lost because they have too many gay offensive linemen. Oh, did I say that? Whoops, <laughs> sorry. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, shit, come on. Um, I don't need hey, the hate Mark, mail, Mark. Mark, do you know I cannot remember the last time the Bombers beat Calgary in a game that meant something. And I I think you have to go all the way back to 2001 when Calgary or when Calgary or when Winnipeg came into Calgary and they destroyed the Bombers and I remember that game very clearly because Milt Stiegel did his best impersonation of the Stampeders touchdown horse on the sidelines. And it was rather hilarious as a matter of fact, because they, they Winnipeg out, but I cannot remember a game since then. I think it was and 2005. 2005. Okay. Okay. I just, it's been so long. Anyways, um, you know what? You can talk about the Stampeders, all their offensive injuries, and you can talk. There are some defensive injuries as well, and they were obvious on <clears throat> on uh, Friday night. There was that Amos guy who's playing cornerback, and I don't think he should be playing any back. But there is something. There's something else wrong, and I I. I didn't think it had an effect on the Stampeders this season, but right now it's rearing its ugly head. And I really believe the biggest thing with the Stampeders right now is that they got rid of a number of veterans in the off season at the beginning of this season. And I think those are the calming effects for a team that is getting is losing continuously. And they just don't seem to have that, edge that they've always had and uh i have no idea i can't e- i cannot even tell you what team is going to show up for the rest of the year and it's rather scary so um i'm not going to write them off because on any given day but it's uh not a normal calgary team that's all i'm going to okay, say mark and and Winnip- full marks full marks to Winnipeg because they played well on Friday night. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, they played a good game. Mark, they did not beat Winnipeg. Did not beat Calgary in 2005. Okay, it could be before that. Then I'm not sure. So I'm pretty sure it was 2001. I'm pretty sure it was 2001. 
I can only go back to 2004. So, because so. I was at that point in my life, I was still a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan. And I thought everything that happened in that game was hilarious. And then, of course, you know what happened in the Grey Cup that year, right, Mark? So, yes, I know. Uh huh. And it was rather frustrating in a reverse kind of way for me. Now it's even more frustrating in a reverse kind of way for me once again. Okay. So, yeah, full marks to Winnipeg. And bottom line, let's face it, that game meant more to Winnipeg than it did to Calgary. Because if they had lost that game, they would be in a battle for their life right now. So, two thousand and four, yeah. Winnip- Winnipeg beat Calgary in game in week twenty, the last game of the season. So I would okay, have to believe that, that was mean, a mean nothing game. That's what I was thinking too. It would have to be a mean nothing <clears throat> game. Hmm. So, yeah. Okay. I can't go back further than 2004, and Winnipeg did not beat them back then. So, sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, it, final score was Winnipeg 29, Calgary 21. It was a meaningful game for both teams. Winnipeg had to win uh, to maintain a playoff position, and uh, Calgary had to uh, win to. Uh, solidify their hold on first place. Calgary did not do that. Final score was Winnipeg 29, uh, Calgary 21. Charles, you pick Calgary. Will, you pick Calgary. CJ, you pick Winnipeg with score of 34-24. Mark, you picked Winnipeg 28-20. You're out by two points. Mark, you get a star. Nice. But you know that already because Steven sent it to you, right? That's right. So don't 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 be saying too much more. <laughs> we're we're missing Chris. We're, we're missing Chris big time. Okay. So uh, the next game, the Ottawa Hamilton game. Another extremely meaningful game at the time. If Ottawa won this game, then they solidified their hold on first place in the East. If Hamilton won, then it would come down to next week where Ottawa would have to lose and Hamilton would have to win so that they could – Hamilton would then take first place. As it was, Hamilton did – the stars were not aligned for them. They have missed – they are missing Brandon Banks big time, and uh, it uh, didn't go their their way. So uh, it was a good game. I didn't mind it. It was a. Uh, I think the game was a little closer than what the score shows, but I really don't think Hamilton played that good of a game. So uh, go ahead, Charles. Well, for anyone that doesn't think that the Hamilton Tiger Cats are missing Brandon Banks, um, watch this game uh, closely because um, they are not the same team offensively as Brandon Banks. Um, They uh, just don't have that X factor that he brought to them. 
Um, Mazzoli was okay, 25 of 48, 52%. That's okay, uh, not great. 243 yards, two picks. Um, it wasn't uh, a very good outing. Uh, Alex Green had 76 yards rushing. Uh, we got kind of a mix between good Trevor Harris and bad Trevor Harris. He had some good moments in this game. He got some bad moments in this game. But he did have three touchdown passes. See, that's something you can't take away from him. Uh, Deontay Spencer with the big game for 116 yards, receiving two touchdowns. Um, Greg Ellingson also got a touchdown from Dominic Davis, and he got one. So he had two touchdowns as well, 71 yards receiving. So the Ottawa offense uh, was able to put up good numbers against the Hamilton team, and Hamilton really struggled in this game. They only got, I believe, the one offensive touchdown. Did they get any offensive touchdowns? I don't think they did. They didn't have a passing touchdown. They didn't have a rushing touchdown. So I guess all their points were done on, um, were scored on a, um, what should we call it? By the de- did the defense score a touchdown, I believe, in this one? Um, but regardless, uh, they just, this uh, offense just does not look the same without Brandon Banks, and that's a bad sign for the Ticats because Brandon Banks is, isn't coming back. This year. And, uh, this, well, this year, anyways, you're right. Um, so this really is a game that, uh, it should worry the Hamilton fans. I really think it should because, Let's face it, they were even, uh, Stephen, with Ottawa uh, going into this home-and-home, and and then Ottawa swept both of them, and the Tiger Cats didn't look good in either game. They looked better last week than this week. So, yeah, there's certainly room for concern for Hamilton. Ottawa, they've clinched first place now, so they're getting to buy into the Eastern Final for the, I believe, the second time in three years. Is this three years in a row for them? No, it's row, the second time in three years because Toronto, Toronto hosted it last week. So a good win for Ottawa. They clinch first, and uh, Hamilton they got to find uh, find something to do with their offense because it was not impressive in the least um, yesterday. You know what would really scare Hamilton fans is if Montreal beat them next week. Yeah. And it could happen. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, they, I was Hamilton, Montreal did put up three points this week. Yeah, and I was wrong. Hamilton did not produce a touchdown yesterday. No. It was all field goals. By Hiralahu. That should concern the Ticats uh, quite a bit. It, it 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 would concern me, that's for sure. Yep. Mark, did you watch this game? Yes, I did. Uh, it wasn't the most exciting game to watch. I actually nodded off a couple of times during it. I think I'm getting too old to the board game. That's kind of generous. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hamilton, like Charles said, Hamilton without Brandon Banks is just, they're a shell of the team. And their defense really has to come up big now. And if that game was any indication, when they play each other again, if they do, in the playoffs, Hamilton could be in a lot of trouble. Uh, I think Hamilton's going to be in a lot of trouble with BC, never mind. 
um, their attack just isn't balanced enough. It's too much on Tasker and on Banks, and without Banks, it's only going to one guy. And, and actually, I think it was Mike Jones that led them this week, but he only had 56 yards in receiving. That's so hard to lead anybody. To yeah, you can't you can't get a lead or any kind of momentum going with small stats like that. It just doesn't happen. You know, Green had a decent game for Hamilton, but um, Ottawa, though, like Charles said, it was good Trevor Harris, bad Trevor Harris. And it's fortunate for them that good Trevor Harris was there more because they only ran the ball, I think it was 11 or 12 times. And their How do you top do that when you've got William Powell? He didn't play. I, he didn't play. Oh, that's right. Sorry, he didn't play. Yeah. He didn't even draft. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're Moses right. Moses Madu played. Moses Madu was in for him, and he had a grand total of 26 yards rushing. You, come playoff time, you, you have to have a running game. Yeah, well, Powell and, was just resting, so that's not a bad yeah. thing. He's yeah. not hurt. You still got to use your. You got to use your backups, though. And yeah. when you're running that little in a game that means a lot. You know, it didn't hurt them at all. But you know, this game, it is what it, it, it was what it was. Ottawa deserved the win easily because they just dominated Hamilton really when they needed to. Mostly in the second quarter to put it out of reach. <laughs> really, that's about it. Go ahead. Yeah. Jemiah Mazzoli. I'm not going to say he looked ordinary because he didn't look ordinary. He didn't even look that good. But we were talking on our, on our chat throughout this game. I was watching this. I'm going to say at work. I'm not supposed to say that. But um, it uh, it was kind of weird because Mazzoli was in the conversation for MOP. looked anything but. He just did not look sharp. He was overthrowing. He was underthrowing. He was bouncing passes. Uh, skipping the ball around, he just he didn't look sharp at all. I'm just curious as to whether or not this legalization of marijuana is affecting certain players in this league. <laughs> the weather may have affected them more than Harris in that game. <laughs> well, you know, if it, why why does it why would the weather affect one team greater than the other team? Some guys yeah, just aren't it, good it, in adverse conditions. They're from Hamilton. Everything they play in is adverse. <laughs> you know, shit. And it was even in Hamilton, wasn't it? Yep. So if they're not used to their own weather, there's something seriously the matter. William. Come on, well, wisdom. you know what? I just think Ottawa proved to everybody on Saturday that they are the best team in the East by far and away. And Hamilton shouldn't be affected by one player being injured. Not that yes, much. I know he's a, yes, I know he's a star player, but if you're using that as an excuse, well, please. So, you know what? Harris played well. Um, you know, and, and in the waning minutes of, of the season, you gotta you think, 
you know, the odds-on favorite a couple of weeks ago for MOP was Mike Riley, Jeremiah Mazzoli, Bo Levi Mitchell. I don't know if any of those guys are MOPs this year. No. Mike Riley didn't make the playoffs. Okay. There's a, there's a really Levi big case for, for Mark and Big Hill here. Yeah, but I still don't think his season was that outstanding. Nope. As opposed to... Who's As opposed to guys who would be MOP. Well, that's just that's just my question. Do we do we put, you know, where where is Trevor Harrison at? Isn't he the third or second passer in the CFL right now? And, and that's Trevor what Trevor Harris. That's what I said. I said I thought yesterday. I said I think Trevor Harris has a shot at MOP this year because it Absolutely. just makes sense. To, I mean, he's a number three position in in passing for quarterbacks. Mike Riley's gone. Jeremiah Mazzoli is looking anything but. Trevor Harris has put up some really good games lately. And his stats are not that far off of any... I mean, he's only 80 yards behind Mazzoli, who was only 40 yards behind Mike Riley. So he's 120 yards out of the lead. Okay? His uh, touchdown-to-interception ratio is 50%. It's, that's awesome. Everybody, even Mike Riley's wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. No. His efficiency rating no. is one of the high. It is the highest of all starting quarterbacks. At ninety-nine point six. I mean, I, I at first I thought maybe uh, maybe Derek Dennis was a front runner, but but the Bomber fans yep. outed him on Friday night, so uh, you know it's not going to be him, anyways. Um, you can't close that closet door now. <laughs> I cannot. I'm sorry. It's open forever. Um, but yeah, you know what? Ottawa proved they're the number one team in the in the East. So what is their record? Does anybody know off the top of their head? Yeah, ten and eight, I think. Ten and eight. That's not bad for an Eastern team. No, it's not. Nope. So what? Sorry, you know, ten, they, ten and seven. Ten and seven with one seven. game to go. They could be eleven. One game to go. So they could be eleven. That's a pretty good record for an Eastern team. I was last three years. They, I was going to say they could be tied for first overall, but they can't because Calgary has twelve. So does they're, they're, they're five and five That's against one. Western teams this year. They're five hundred against Western teams. They're five and two against division. Which isn't horrible to be five hundred against Western teams because a lot of teams <laughs> in past years haven't been anywhere close to that. Nope. Well, here's the here's the thing. The only team that is above 500 against Western teams this year is Saskatchewan. Only yeah. team. Only team above 500. Everybody else in the division is 4 and 5 against Western teams. Every one of them. Calgary, Winnipeg, BC, and Edmonton. Saskatchewan is 7 and 3. Hamilton is even is is four has four wins against Western teams this year. Mm-hmm. Half of their wins are against West the Western teams. So yep. you know I, you can't say that that the Eastern Division is shitty. Well, looking at Montreal and Toronto, but well, half of it anyways. You have to give Ottawa some credit here. 
I still think the Eastern Division is the better, is the easier road to the Grey Cup. But I think so too. The West is a gauntlet. <laughs> I honestly, I, I don't see a team that doesn't have a chance at the Grey Cup this year. Will, you said that at the beginning of this podcast. I 100% agree with you. Absolutely. Well, every team. Every team has a chance at the Grey Cup this year. There's no dominant Montreal team. and Toronto. Yeah, well, and, and Edmonton. Edmonton, though. Okay. So that's the end of the Ottawa-Hamilton series, the home-and-home. Home. Ottawa took both games. And I would have bet money that Hamilton was going to take both games. Uh, although I didn't pick Ottawa. I mean, I didn't pick Hamilton this year, this time. Uh, Ottawa 30, or Hamilton 13. Charles, you picked them 27-17. That's pretty damn close, man. That's off by seven points. Mm-hmm. Will, you took Hamilton. Mark, you took Hamilton. Chris did not pick any games. I took Ottawa and I picked it 33 to 30. Charles, you get the start. <coughs> Hooray. You got it, buddy. Yeah, I wasn't even close. I was out by 17, 20 points. Hmm. Okay. The next game. Oh, my good Lord. I was so up for this game. I, You know, I just I had bad feelings about this game before it started, and you know, it did, nothing changed. Uh, BC went into Mosaic Stadium, <clears throat> probably the toughest building in the league to play. And if you don't score first and score often, you can't shut them idiots up. And good for them for the to back their team the way that they do. You know what? I always pick on Ryder fans, but in reality, they support their team, and you can't knock them for that. <sighs> Wasn't a good game for BC. I'm not sure it was a good game for Saskatchewan. There was one big controversy in that game, and we'll talk about that right now, I'm sure. Um, Odell Willis came in on a court, on a blitz, uh, hit Zach Caleros at, as, or after, just after he threw the ball. It was not a late hit. It was not a late hit in any way, shape, or form. It was a good football play. Unfortunately, his helmet hit Zach Caleros' helmet, knocking his head back and knocking his head into the turf. Zach Caleros, uh, in my opinion, should have been pulled from the game by the spotter. The fact that he wasn't just shows that this entire system doesn't work properly. The man was dazed, and I... I honest, I, I love Zach Caleros. I think he's a great quarterback, and I hate to see things like this happen to him over and over and over again. But I do not believe there was intent by Odell Willis to injure Zach Caleros. There was intent to tackle him. Um, but uh, there's, Odell Willis, even when he was in Edmonton and I hated him, he was never considered a dirty player. I, I would have thrown rocks at J.C. Sherritt long before Odell Willis. I just didn't like Odell Willis's mouth, and I'm still not real fond of it. Um, but, you know, that's, it's a, it was a, an okay game. I can't say I enjoyed it. 
I obviously I didn't. I wanted BC to win. I wanted them to go for a home playoff game, and uh, I might have come down for that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's my take on this game. I'm going to let Mark go ahead. Uh, just quickly on the Odell Willis thing. Yeah, it was helmet to helmet. There was no intent to injure. Like you said, it was a football play. Uh, the moral outrage from the Ryder fans is just annoying. It's almost comical. You don't hear, well, you don't hear any of it when Mike Riley gets taken out with a helmet to helmet. They say Zach, it's not a helmet. That, Zach Evans, wasn't it? Yep. And they yeah. say that wasn't a helmet to helmet. Even with the meme that shows it over and over and over, they can't see it. I was but looking anyway, for that to, video today. Do you have it anywhere? I can see if I can find it. Um, with the game itself, though, it was a tough one to watch. If it wasn't for Cameron Marshall, reality, this game would have been a dud. Between the two of them, the two teams, they threw a grand total of 23 passes. Yes, 23 passes. Yes, seriously. Uh, Colaros was 5 of 8 for 52 yards. Bridge was 4 of 9 for 44 yards. Lule was 9 for 20 for 94 yards. And Jennings was 5 for 8 for 61 yards. Without Cameron Marshall and watching. That's pitiful. You think? Without Cameron Marshall, this game was a dud. I don't know what happened to BC's defensive line and linebackers if they decided not to get off the plane. So they, they can't just stop the run. At they all. haven't been able to stop the run all year. They, they lost Solly and, and they lost Adam, and they can't stop the run. Marshall ran all over them, and even before that, Trey Mason, he only ran the ball. He had seven carries for 28 yards, but there was a couple of runs where he was making guys look silly, and Marshall just bowled everybody. That's the the Cam Marshall I was sad to see leave Winnipeg. Obviously, we weren't keeping him with with, um, Andrew Harris, but he is just a bull runner. If he gets a bit of a head of steam, he's going to run right over you, and then he's going to speed away from everybody. The kid is quick, and he showed it. Kalaros, before he got injured, was what he's been all year. Yeah, whatever. They're doing it on defense again. Oh, yeah. yeah and it's, you know, last week showed if their offense clicks. They're a dangerous team. It's just they don't click very often. Uh, that game yesterday was, duh. You know, a well, couple they, of people said, got, well, it wasn't a bad game. But, uh, wasn't there a good was game. No, there was no fluidity to the game. It was stop, start, stop, start, stop, stop, stop. And really, that was a, it was Saskatchewan's defense, again, came up huge. Well, they, got 30, they got 35 points, and they scored one touchdown on offense. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
if you shut down their defense, you're going to win. Winnipeg showed that. If you shut down their defense, don't let the defense score points, you're going to win the game. D.C. just looked like it almost looked like they were going, yeah, let's ensure we get the crossover. Let's not even try. Because I didn't see a lot of try in the team. No, I didn't either. And I honestly think they were trying for the crossover. I don't think they wanted to win this game. They, they and I, I don't believe is. that that can happen. But it, it, in reality, I, I just don't think they, they tried. Yeah, in in reality, they don't want to go on the road because they suck on the road. Well, they're going on the road no matter what. They couldn't. Oh, I know. They weren't going to get second place. There was just there was no pushback at all against Saskatchewan. None. It was just a very flat game, and that's not good going into the playoffs. Right, go ahead, William. You know, about a year ago, year and a half ago, I started drinking CJ and Charles' Kool-Aid, okay? And I started picking BC. And BC <laughs> has given me, BC has given me more losses in the last year and a half than I even want to talk about, okay? And Saturday night was a perfect example. They should have went in there with full guns blazing. And instead, they decided to bring their slingshot. And they were anemic. That wasn't impressive. That wasn't impressive. Um, as far but as could, the... Could uh, you pick um, the Gashin Rough Riders to win? No, of course I couldn't pick. I'd rather, I'd rather uh, pull hair out of my armpits with a pair of tweezers, okay? Um, uh, as far as the Willis hit on Calaris, I have looked at this thing... Shit, probably 50 times today. And, you know, there was helmet-to-helmet contact, but I still believe he led with his shoulder. And I still believe Kolaris, the biggest impact for Kolaris was his head bouncing off the turf. And my biggest question is, my biggest question is, how come the refs did not call that? How come? He's standing right there. He's standing right there. How come? I don't get it. Like, is he off looking at something else? I don't get it. I, I could understand why why Chris Jones was upset that he had to throw his challenge flag on that. And my question for that one is, there was another call during that game where you took too much time and you couldn't challenge. Well, there was a shitload of time before Saskatchewan challenged that call. And I'm wondering what the difference was there. You know, and I didn't time it today. I think it's 30 seconds or something like that, wasn't it, is what they said on the the call after that. But um, once again, I go back to the last time Edmonton played Saskatchewan. Mike Riley got hit in the head, threw an interception, they scored a touchdown, and they won the game because of that hit. And nobody called that one either. So, Saskatchewan fans, just shut up. Just shut up. It, it, it's one way or another. You can't have it your way all the time. Those things happen. 
I don't think it was that bad of a hit, to be honest with you. Uh, that's just my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Charles, go ahead, buddy. Uh, this was a tough one to um, watch because not only was it my team getting beaten, looking terrible at it, but for the most part, it was a really boring football game. It just was. And there was no real excitement because, in my opinion, neither team played anything special in this game. I thought they were both lousy in this game. The leading passer in the game was Travis Lule with 95 yards. 95, that's not even good for a high school game. I mean, Brandon Bridge came in basically, if I'm not mistaken, he came in at the beginning of the second quarter, right? Am I right about that? Bridge? Is that when he came in the second quarter? Beginning of the second quarter? Yeah. So basically in three quarters, he completed four passes for 44 yards. I'm sorry, Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans. If Caleros is not coming back this season, you're screwed. Um, Just absolutely um, dull football game. Now, oh, there's Mark's... um, I'm I'm watching CJ. Okay, yeah. So this was just... uh, Now, as for the Odell Willis hit, Odell Willis, it was... Now, let me say this here. A, it was a penalty. It was 100% roughing the passer. And why the hell is Andre Pruel not throwing a flag on that? He's the guy, he's standing there. Where he's standing, that would have been right in front of him. How does that not get thrown? And then a team has to waste a challenge on that. Completely ridiculous. And you know what? This is something that if the uh, we've got the eye in the sky, if they see this, they should be calling down to the uh, field and calling this. Because... It's really ridiculous that Chris Jones had to use a challenge flag on that. There's no reason for it. That should have been called immediately. For the hit itself, you've got to to be cautious of the head. It's true. Do I think he 100% targeted his head? No, I don't believe he did. There was helmet-to-helmet contact, no question. Was it a roughing the passer call? No question. Was he intending to injure him? No. I don't believe so. You've got to think of it this way, folks. And uh, people are going to say I'm making excuses on, but this is the straight-up straight facts. Five years ago, a hit like that, we wouldn't even be discussing a penalty flag for it because they wouldn't call in a hit. This is probably growing up through high school ball, through junior football, university all through his early part of his career, a hit like that was legal. So, I mean, football players, too, as we know, are creatures of habit. Now, they're getting better. They're trying to bring that down. But every once in a while, hits like that are going to happen because that's what they grew up doing. So while I'm while it was a bad hit, and I'm sorry that Zach Kolaris got hurt, and I 100% agree that it was a 15-yard roughing the passive penalty, he may even get fined for it. But these people saying suspension, that it was an intent to injure, and stuff like that, please stop it. Go back and think, and use some critical thinking. Use some common sense. Odell Willis has never been a dirty player. 
And by the way, person on Facebook with the initials RO, I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, stop going on and saying that Wally Buono is a dirty coach and is uh, tells his players to go out and play dirty because you make yourself sound incredibly stupid. He probably doesn't even listen to us, but I'm going to say it anyways because you really annoyed the hell out of me yesterday. Third thing I'm going to bring up on that, Zach Caleros, why is he still in the game for three plays after that hit? He was clearly dazed. He kept bending over. He was not in a good place at that point, and they let him come. We have concussion protocol for a reason. Someone should be fined for that, for leaving him in. This is, again, where the eye in the sky or someone's got to say, get him out of there, because he was clearly dazed and was very wobbly at that point, and I have no idea why he was still allowed to be in that game. They they endangered him way more than Odell Willis's hit endangered him by leaving him in that game. Next up, I don't know why. I've, uh, to me, I have never heard of, uh, of a 30-second rule where you've got to challenge a play. It was always my understanding that you could challenge a play any time up until the next snap. If I'm not mistaken, I've seen instances where the TV has gone, the TV broadcast has gone to a commercial, come back from a commercial, and then a ref threw a challenge flag. So I, 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 maybe I'm wrong, but I don't ever remember hearing that before. But all in all, it was a crappy game. The Lions were awful. The Riders were a little bit better, but not much. It was a dull game, and the Lions are the crossover team. That's that. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, final score was Saskatchewan 35, BC 16. Charles, Will, Chris, you pick BC. Mark, you pick Saskatchewan. You win by default. Two marks, two. two weeks. That's two. So, next game, last game, Toronto versus Montreal. This one was a, uh, how can we actually come out and say this? It was, I don't care. So, anyhow. Um, interesting game. Interesting game. It was by design that Johnny Manziel was going to play half the game and that Pipkin was going to play half the game. It was designed that way before the kickoff. And it happened. And that's exactly what happened. But Montreal won. And I don't know how. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm trying to figure out how they scored their points. Because each quarterback... And, and we're going to use Eugene Lewis, who is a uh, receiver, as a quarterback because he threw one pass, was complete on one pass, and it was for a touchdown. And it was 61 yards long. Okay? Now, to me, I would be signing him as my quarterback, not everybody else that they've signed. Uh, but anyhow, let's just carry on here. So they got three offensive passing touchdowns. And then rushing, there was no touchdowns. So that means that they got 21 points. We're going to just say 21 points, considering they're a seven-point converted touchdown. They ended up with 40. 
So where did the other 19 points come from? So you got to go down and you got to look for field goals. Because that makes sense, right? Field goals. Field goals. Boris Beattie, he scored four field goals. Four field goals is 12 points. So that means there are seven points unaccounted for. That had to be defense. And yet I can't find any stats on defense because there was no interceptions. And there was one forced fumble. There was two fumble recoveries by John Bowman. Did he put one in the end zone? He did, yes. I saw that one. He actually recovered one for a touchdown. Because I'm, I'm trying to find something on it, and it doesn't say anything about it anywhere. I'm just but looking John it up Bowman here on scored, the... John Bowman scored a defensive touchdown. Okay. And that makes sense. So that's the 40 points. James Franklin... Yes, James Not Franklin terrible. Okay. Not terrible. 21 of 32, 65% completion, 205 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He had nine yards rushing for uh, nine carries for 71 yards, average 7.9. That very respectable. Longest was 27 yards. So James Franklin didn't play a bad game. Only scored 10 points. Toronto's in rough goddamn shape, okay? I have no idea what the hell they're going to be doing next year. And, I mean, who do you fire first? Somebody's got to be fired. You can't miss the playoffs like this and, and put up such a bad season and without heads rolling. It, it's not possible. I mean, look, I mean, Edmonton, What what was Edmonton's season – Edmonton ended up eight and eight and nine. Okay, and they still have one game to go, and they could be a five hundred football team missing the playoffs. Five hundred football team would put them second place in the East, and I'm, I would bet money that their coach is going to lose his job. So you know, I don't know what's going on in Toronto. It, it, it's it's terrible. It's it's a sad situation. 536 points scored against that team this year. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. I mean, think about that. 536 by 17 games is 31 points a game scored against them. 31 points on average. Actually, it's closer to 32. That's not football. Don't know what it is, but that's not football. Charles, go ahead. Okay, just let me wake up a bit here because I'm just, you know, thinking about this game and it's put me to sleep. Um, Or was it my rant? Pardon me? Was it my little rant about the game that put you to sleep? No, your rant was good. No, your rant was good. It's just thinking about the game put me to sleep. Uh, So this is a team. uh, So this was... uh, Three and fifty or three and thirteen against four and twelve. These guys are playing for nothing but pride and jobs next season. And if you're judging on that, it doesn't look like any of the Argos want to be employed next year. Um, the Alouettes were okay in this one. Uh, no one really stood out, but they didn't have to because Toronto's such a train wreck. 
Johnny Manziel was having one of his better games. He played the first half, threw for 139 yards and a touchdown, and that was the end of his game, and then Antonio Pipkin came in. How about that? Both the actual quarterback for 50% and the wide receiver that threw a pass with 100%. Now, granted, he only threw one pass, so it's easier to do, but it's just funny how both Manziel and Pipkin were 50%, although Manziel had considerably more yardage. Um, James Franklin, I'm guessing he's going to be the starter next year. He hasn't been terrible. He was 21 of 32 today for 205 yards and a touchdown. I mean, compared to some other stats we've seen this year, that's not bad. He also led the team in rushing with 71 yards. So, uh, but really, the, the like CJ said, the Argos are a disaster right now. They're, um... These are guys that want to go home for the winter, and I think the Alouettes are too, but, hey, at least they were playing at home so they could show their home fans that were somewhat there. Uh, you know, they showed them uh, a win. They, I believe that was their last home game of the season, and it's always nice to win your last home game. Um, note to the BC Lions. Um, but, yeah, Boris Beattie... Um, He's been one of the bright spots for the uh, Alouettes this year. On uh, he had another strong game, a field goal, four for four this year, this uh, today. Uh, look at that, three touchdown passes by three different players, like CJ said. But really, this game meant absolutely nothing. These are just guys that are playing because the game's on the schedule. They're playing, I guess, for pride. They're playing to try and make an impression for next year. I don't know if any of the people that are running the teams right, these two teams right now, I don't know if any of them will be running their t- these two teams uh, a month from now after the season's over. We'll see. Um, they were pretty noncommittal. I believe we'll talk a little bit more about Montreal later. But, um, yeah, good for Montreal to at least get a win at home. And the Argos, they well, they just want to go home and not play anymore. And they started not playing with, at the beginning of this game. And that's all from me. Mark. I was in the note on this game, but I did watch quite a bit of it. Um, the impressive one for Montreal would have been stand back or stand back. That's a big running back. And at least it is somebody for them to build around. He had quite a good game. Um, I think he was over 100 yards with all purpose. And, hey, Johnny got his first win in the CFL. Congratulations. I believe so that's are they going to talk about this for the next – are they going to talk about this for the next three or four weeks? More Media? than likely. I can see it. You know, he did get his first win. And the best player for Montreal on defense today, and it's great, but it's not, was John Bowman, who played his last game in Montreal. He had at least one or two sacks. He had a forced fumble. He had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Hey, to go out on top like that, you know, that's great. He's played, I think, he, has he played his whole career there? I think so. I believe he has. Or did he play in Calgary? some reason I see his... Yeah, being, well, you would know this. Did he play in Calgary for a bit, John Bowman? 
I do not remember. I can't remember him being in Calgary, but you never know. Maybe not then. But, you know, just for him to end his career on a game like that, end his career in Montreal, that's great. That's too bad he had to go. So that was that a... was his official last game, is that correct? He hasn't made it 100% official, but the last time he talked about yeah. it, he was at 98% retiring. I think he was yeah. the best defensive lineman this year. <laughs> he he, he played in Montreal from 2006 till present. Uh, that's the only CFL team he played for. He played in two for two arena in arena teams and one NFL. Oh, no, sorry, National Indoor. So they were all indoor indoor leagues until 2006 when he joined the Montreal Alouettes. And. The guy is can't, you can't say this guy's healthy because he what did he take two weeks off from a torn tricep or was it three weeks or did he even take that? You know, for the heart that he showed, it's just a shame that the rest of the team around him was a shambles. As you know, Will was talking about the Stampeders lacking that leadership. Bowman gave that defense all the leadership he could. Yeah, and it just fell down around him. But kudos to him to have a great game like that, though. Going out. Go ahead. Charles. I only went on this game. Oh, did you? Sorry. Yeah, I guess you would have. Yeah. Um, Will, it's your turn, buddy. Well, I should be ashamed to call myself a CFL fan because you didn't I missed watch it. the biggest. I missed the biggest game in 50 years in the CFL history where Johnny Manziel won his first game. My God. And I I don't know what I'm going to do. Hang on. Hang on. Stop for a second. Your statement that he won his first game, it's not his first game that he played that he won. So he finally won a game is what you mean, right? Okay, whatever. I know. I just want to sorry, make sure grammar. that the people sorry, at home don't realize professor. that this is the first game that he played and he got a victory because he's he's right. he's lost like eight. <laughs> but 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 what I can what I what I'm curious about and you didn't hear the conversation because you were somewhere else was that and today Montreal <laughs> signed signed uh, three quarterbacks to two year extensions. Uh, no, I, I heard it. I, I just I wasn't oh, able to talk. I was the one that posted, okay. and they stopped Drew Willie. And it's like, so what does that make Johnny Manziel? Uh, what are they doing with him? Or are they just, he's got a two-year contract. Are they, are they just protecting themselves in case he runs away? That's the thing, but whatever. What? Anyways, no, I did not watch a bit of that game. Sorry. Go ahead. Well... That's it. Let's wrap that game up then, because uh, it's over. Uh, Montreal won this game four to ten. It's okay to get doubled up. That happens on occasion, and you don't really like it. But this was four times your score. Four times your score is wrong. Okay, don't do that. Charles, you picked Toronto. CJ, you picked Toronto. Mm, Idiots. Bad pick. Much or uh, Will, you picked this game fifty six fifty three. 
interesting. It was, I'm not going to say it was close, but I, I don't know how you would have thought that Montreal would have scored 56 points, yet they got 40. So I'm, I'm almost impressed by that. Mark, you picked this one 22-18. That is definitely out by a lot, but it's only out by 26. Okay. Will was out more than 26 just on Toronto's score. Uh, so that's your third star for the day. Nice. I think you have pulled into an impressive first place standing in our little trophy league. Insurmountable. It, it, it is. I don't think Chris can come back from it. No, I'm five up. You're five up with four games to go. So you are the champion with still a week to go. Oh, my good Lord. Hey, at least one title's wrapped up. Yeah. But the other positions are still up and available. Mark them out. Tell me, who, tell me who's sitting where right now. I really thought I got one. Hang on. Let me find out. I don't know which one. I just knew it wasn't B.C., There we go. I'm going to pull up the handy-dandy spreadsheet. Oh, my good Lord. Steven's done a wonderful job keeping track of that for us. For you. Oh, he sent them to Charles, too. Send them to Charles, too? Yes, I got them too. Here we go. We have myself at the I get them too. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. I'm at 21. Chris is at. Where are we here? It should be at the bottom. Yeah, Chris is at 16. Will is where? Uh, Will is at... 13 right. tied with TJ. 13, 13 yeah. tied with TJ. Really? Wow. And Charles is at 11. Well, Charles can still make a comeback for, for third place, but it's, I think it's down to Will and CJ on this one, and uh, next week has only got four games. And, Will, you're going to have to stop picking things like 56 to 53 because you're not going to win like that. Not when it's Montreal and Toronto. They have no offense. Okay. That won't stop them. I know. I know. I picked Saskatchewan to win the other day 2-1, to one, and I actually got a star for that one. You got it right. Yeah, that's the only one willing to pick Saskatchewan. Only one. Okay, where's my agenda? La- the play light in Friday's game took an apparent stampede or touchdown off the board, saying the receiver did not survive contact with the ground. A, did they get the call right? And B, is it fair to blame that call for the Eskimos missing the playoffs? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see this one. I'm going to have to go with you, Charles. You're up first. Please answer the two questions. Did they get the call right? 
Well, let me answer the first one, the second one uh, question first. first. No, don't blame that for the Eskimos not making a playoff. The the fact that they uh, that three down nation actually put that uh, in the article is just ridiculous. Um, was this another anonymous article by three down? Like, give me a break. Um, the, uh, we don't blame, like it, them. blame the Eskimos. What? It doesn't seem. It sounds like we don't like them. Well, Three Down Nation. We seem to pick on them a lot. They do have some good articles, and some of their articles are a train wreck. And those are the ones that they always uh, put in a Three Down Nation writer, probably because the author doesn't want to take credit for it. Anyways, as for the call, um, they I 100% say they got that call wrong. The the receiver, I believe the receiver was Chris Matthews. Okay, so he catches the ball. He had it pinned against him. Now, they said he did not survive contact. contact. He did not survive contact with the ground. That's 100% incorrect. He has the ball. He's down. He hits the ground. He still has the ball pinned against him. At that point, when he's got the ball pinned against him and his back is on the ground, that's a dead ball at that point. He's down by contact. And he has already broken the plane of the goal line, too. And then right when he hits the ground, he's got the ball, so he survived contact. And then the bomber's defensive back's arm knocks the ball out. But he was already on the ground, survived contact, and broken the plane of the goal line. That was a touchdown. I was sitting there watching. I'm like, they've got to own to return this. He clearly survived contact with the ground. And they go through and they overturn it. They got the call wrong as far as I'm concerned. Well, that they confirmed it. Touchdown. And they confirmed it, and I still think they got it wrong because he clearly survived contact with the ground. The only thing that knocked, that, that knocked the ball, the ball was knocked out after he hit the ground. He has full control of it. Then the ball is knocked out after that. As far as I'm concerned, he was down by contact. He had broken the plane of the goal line. That should have been a touchdown. Did that cost the Eskimos a playoff? No. The Eskimos have had a crap season. They got a crappy defense. That's what cost them the playoff. But as far as I'm concerned, that call was wrong, dead wrong, even after the, re- the review. Okay. Mark, do you have anything to add to that? I could go with the homer pick and say that it wasn't a catch. But even in live during the game, um, the, end zone that they, the end zone that they caught it at is where I sit. I sit on the 10-yard line. So... I saw the play right in front of me and went, oh, shit, we gave up a touchdown. Here we go again. And then the ball came out, and I thought, okay, it doesn't matter. He broke the plane. It was pretty obvious, even from the upper deck in the fog. And when they called it no catch, it was like, okay, it'll get overturned. It's a touchdown. And then they didn't overturn, and I was like, ooh, the football gods are moving a pick. Yeah, no, that was, if I can see it through the fog in the upper deck, then it's pretty obvious. Did it cost Edmonton the playoffs? No. They're Edmonton's 
horrible play throughout the season costs them the playoffs. Bingo. Uh, just to write something like that is just trying to stir stuff up, and it's just dumb. Yeah. Well, that's about it. So. Well, here, okay, the seven points late in the game, would it have made a difference? I don't think so. Probably not. I, I don't think Calgary would have won anyway. The way the game was going, the way the defense was playing, and the way the offense was playing, I didn't think of at no time have I thought that we would have lost. I mean, they would have had to go score the touchdown, go for a two-point conversion, and that would have tied the game. Okay. With the Bombers getting the ball next. With the ball, Bombers getting the ball next with how much time? It was four minutes-ish, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. It One play... With four minutes left in the game, it cost you a game. It cost you a season. There's a lot of other plays that cost you that season, and that wasn't one of them. It might but have been a 31-3 loss to Winnipeg that cost them the season, not a game against Calgary. If you have to rely on a te- on two teams or on three or four teams – to do something for you to make the playoffs and one of those doesn't fall into line because of a bad call or something, it's your own fault for being in the position that you are. I'm sorry. This game was between Winnipeg and Calgary, and the only people it should have mattered to is Winnipeg and Calgary. If you have to rely your season on the outcome of somebody else's game, you didn't do your job. William. Yeah, you know what? Um, Did they get the call right? No, it was a touchdown. Sorry. Um, Would it have made a difference the in the ball. game? You catch, hold on. You catch the ball. You impact the field, or you 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 hit the field. You still have possession of the ball. You broke the goal line. Play is dead at that point in time. It's a touchdown. Um, no, Winnipeg played way better than Calgary. I don't think it would have made a difference. Okay, you can't speculate. Did it cost Edmonton the playoffs? Of course not. Edmonton sucked all year long. Okay, that didn't cost Edmonton the playoffs. Maybe if they had won three or four other games, they'd be in the playoffs. Okay, nothing to do with them. It cost them the playoffs. Give me a break. Who would write such crap? Three down nation. Three down nation. Yeah, we we know what three down nation is. So, uh, I mean, no, it didn't make a difference. I don't think it made a difference anywhere except, once again, the command center got it wrong. How? So, I, I thought they were yeah. supposed to know the rules. They do know the rules, but obviously because it was called no touchdown and they challenged that it was a touchdown, there was not incontroversial evidence to say it was a touchdown, which I still don't see how they couldn't have got that from that play, but it doesn't matter. You know what? I look at it this way. All the referees and command center has made mistakes all year long for every team, so 
I'm not going to be a Calgary homer and go crazy about this. It happens to every team. It's happened to every team this year or last year. So it's, it's, you just have to crack it up as part of the game. And it's too bad it's part of the game, but it's part of the game. I thought they put in, I thought they put in replays so that we wouldn't have stupid calls rooting a game. But it's worked in reverse, in my opinion. So, yeah. I just noticed that this was this article was actually written by Drew Edwards. I didn't know he realized that life existed outside of Hamilton. It doesn't, does it? Not according to him most of the time. No. Okay. I don't. I, I have no response for the, this even thought pattern. How how do you how do you do that? How do you blame one play like that? Missing a season. I I don't even think Edmonton fans say that. They are. They're not very smart. Okay. Uh, next up on the agenda here, we have the. Alouette's president said he will not discuss the job security of either GM Cavis Reed or coach Mike Sherman. Do we think they will return next season? He will not discuss the, their job security at this point in time or ever or what? Because he's a fucking idiot if he doesn't discuss the job security of Cavis Reed. Because I have not seen one iota, one iota of anything that resembles a reasonable GM. Nothing. I mean, seriously, nothing. Um, Didn't he, hang on, let me look at this because I need to make sure that I'm not being an idiot. But that's okay. He, didn't he waste most of free agency sitting in a hotel room in New York waiting to talk to um, Westerman? And then Westerman's not even playing on the team? Anyhow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that how you do that. Okay, um, I don't know. I I don't really have a problem with Mike Sherman. I don't think he coached a bad football. I don't think he paid coached poorly. I don't think he was given the proper personnel to run a team. And you cannot win football games if you don't have the right personnel. I this this disaster in Montreal lays solely at the feet of Cavis Reed. My opinion. Charles. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page as you, quite frankly, that uh, this was not um, – I think Mike Sherman's actually not a bad coach. I think he's done well with what for he rookie. had to work with for a rookie that never coached in the CFL before. The problem is he's been given crap by Kavis Reed, who doesn't know anything about building a football team. He's a lousy GM. He makes stupid trades. 
and I don't know how he wasn't fired after last season. But they brought him back, and I remember even before the season, there were a couple of these know-it-all talking heads on TSN or somewhere saying, oh, well, he's made some moves to improve the team. And they're, what, 4-12, and 4-13? That's a great improvement. Exciting. Just what Montreal said, come, we might win a couple games. Is that going to be their slogan next year? I mean, Cavis Reed is one of the worst general managers. He might be the worst general manager I've ever seen in the CFL. I'm not trying to be insulting. I'm simply stating a fact. And well, he's built there, there a was team. a couple in Winnipeg that were pretty ter- scary. And, yeah, and, and one or two yeah, in Charles. 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 To be Charles. Joe Matt Donegan. Screaming hell. Matt, Matt Donegan makes uh, Kavis Reed look like Wally Buono, for God's sake. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So maybe he's not the absolute worst, but he has no idea what he's doing. He really doesn't. Uh, and he knows nothing about building a football team. That team is not getting any better until uh, Kavis Reed is gone. I think I said that last year, and uh, my opinion hasn't changed. He can bring in Johnny Manziel and this and that, no matter what he wants. The guy's not a GM, and he should be a GM. They need to get a competent GM in there that knows what he's doing because they don't have one, and uh, he's not a competent GM. So you bring in somebody that actually knows what they're doing. But if I were Montreal, I would keep Sherman. I think he can be an effect, a good coach. I actually don't think he's done a horrible job. He's just been, um, to quote uh, Casey Prinders, he uh, was try- been had to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And that doesn't work very well too much. That's all for okay. me. Okay, Mark, go ahead. Um, obviously you have to get rid of Cavus Reed. I would, like Charles, I would keep Sherman. Reed's got to go. And Charles and Christopher, you alluded to it, Joe Mack is possibly the worst GM in the history of football. No, Will Scott, um, it, uh, Matt Dunnigan, come on. Come on. Seriously? Seriously? Mike, Winnipeg could have had Mike Riley. Um... Joe Mack didn't want to guarantee him the starting spot. As that would have been over hash- Drew Willie, if I'm not correct. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't at that point. But, oh, um, okay. When you think about it, Mike Riley not coming to Winnipeg. Hashtag 1990. Yeah, no, he goes down as one of the worst in the history of football. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, I still think he has something to do with all the mess that's in there. Maybe he's the one that's teaching Cavus Reed how to be a GM. But uh, Reed's got to go. He's To say he's made moves to improve the team by trading away his best offensive lineman, by then near the end of the year just about begging anybody for draft picks because they didn't have any until I think it was the sixth round of the Canadian college draft. What are you getting in the sixth round? Not much. So he's decimated the team. He's decimated the team. They go out and they make a big splash signing Johnny Manziel. And now they've signed 
three backup quarterbacks to two-year ex- extensions. But the guy that they brought in to be the man doesn't get an extension. It just makes no sense what he's doing. None whatsoever. Sherman, I would give one more ch- one more year and see if he can do anything else. But now Reed's got to go. Maybe Ken Austin can head there instead of BC. Please. <laughs> go ahead. Tell him. Yeah, well, Cavis Reed has done a horrible job, I think, in my opinion. Um, he should be fired. He should have been fired last year. Um I have an acquaintance in common that was offered a job when Cavis Reed got his job, and he said, not a chance. I'll just stay with the job I have now because he kind of figured Cavis would last less than two years. And we'll see what happens, but he uh, has made some bonehead moves. Maybe there's a method to his badness, but he hasn't explained it to anybody, so we'll see. It's 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 uh, and he did hire Joe Mack, so he's really insane. Anyways, that's really all I have to say about that. Joe Mack. I think we might have lost Christopher. No, I'm right here. Maybe. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, they're back. Say something. Wake up. Yeah, I'm just reading shit. Okay, so I think we're all in agreement that Cavus Reed needs to go. It's just a fact. Why is he still there? Why are we not prepared to discuss his contract or his stability or anything? Okay, I don't know, I don't know. If he's there next year, there's something seriously the matter. Montreal will not be doing anything different than what they did this year. If Cavus Reed is still the GM. I, I, you know what? If I was an Alouette, Montreal Alouette fan, you've got one, two choices. Start watching soccer or riot in the streets. You have no other options because otherwise you're not going to be watching football. So you think anyone took those fourth quarter tickets they were offered Offering people this year. Yeah. No, I don't. No. Most games are long out of it, long before the fourth quarter. Yep. Yeah, most people are leaving in the fourth quarter. What? Nobody's becoming. Not. Nope. Not a reality. Okay. So now we're going to jump over to another story. This is going to be something else. Okay, and uh, oh God, I'm still having problems with these Ryder fans. When are they ever going to grow up? I don't think they will. Okay, Calgary lineman Derek Dennis complained on social media about the treatment he received from Winnipeg fans during Friday night's game. Is it just sour grapes or does he have a valid beef? Well, he's got, he dyes his hair and a lot of men dye their hair. I don't. I'm comfortable with my gray hair. 
Will, you're okay with the your gray white hair, right? I mean, we're you know, we this is what we're born with. We're men. We're not vain in that aspect. Some people, I have friends of mine, men who do dye their hair because they don't want to look old. Okay? Derek Dennis dyes his hair stupid colors. I remember him in Saskatchewan and he had dyed it green. I'm sure it was red. It's been pink. It's been all sorts of different colors, and that's who Derek Dennis is. For the Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans to call him gay or be attacking his masculinity because he colors his hair funny, stupid, ugly colors doesn't mean that his sexual preference is any different than yours. What it means is he has no taste in his hair color, okay? And I'm okay with whatever he chooses to do. I don't like dreadlocks. I don't like those braids. I don't like purple hair. I don't like to be men, not try to be women. I know there's a lot of women out there that try to be men, but why are men trying to be women? I don't understand. Okay, so... um and then he complains that there is so much smoke in the arena from the blast cannons that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers blow off when they score points. Now, if you, it's kind of like the Calgary Stampeders horse that runs around. When, it was, when I was there, it almost tripped. But that's beside the point. Um, okay, so here's the point. Winnipeg Blue Bombers scored 29 points. That's hardly – that's if it was strictly touchdowns, there would be 28 points in touchdowns. That means that there would have been four. So the cannons would have gone off four times. Hardly enough to fill the stadium with smoke so that you can't see the ball. Are you that stupid? Are you just like you, – you're from the southern United States and you've never seen fog before? I, I, I don't know. I'm completely at a loss on this one. And you know what? I'm not picking on Calgary Stampeders. Just Derek Dennis is just being an idiot. <sighs> yeah, that's a rant. William, I'm going to start with you. Derek Dennis, Calgary Stampeder player. Oh, lineman, I believe. Yeah. Yes. What do you what do you think about his comments on social media about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans uh, his sexual orientation because of his hair color? Well <laughs> I come from Winnipeg <laughs> and we do things like that, okay? Well they're Don't red we Mark? Don't we Mark? Don't we do things like that, Mark? I think we do. Um, but it's usually it's usually all in good fun, okay? If he took it personally, oh well. Okay? I mean uh check your panty at the door. Um I mean if we remember correctly, you guys probably don't remember this, but Derek Dennis had his own line of fashion clothes last year. I made a comment about that, so I shouldn't say too much about Derek Dennis. Um <laughs> Ah, it's just stupid. I think he got caught up in the emotion and okay, you lost the game. 
take your lumps, go home, and leave it alone. Like, really? Come on. It's just, I don't even know why. I don't even know why people are commenting on this because it's just stupid. Disagree with me if you'd like, but it's just stupid. If you're gonna if you're gonna put it out there, if you're gonna be if you're gonna put it out there, be prepared to get people making fun of you or telling you they like it. Okay, I I do it all the time. Okay, and I tell people all the time, you know, okay, in case people don't know this, I, uh, a regular part of my attire these days is a man purse or a merce, as you call it. And I don't call it that. Pick, some people pick on it, pick on me about it, and some people don't. I don't care. Okay? So, it's pretty simple. What do you call it, Christopher? It's a fucking purse, and women should carry it. Okay. Okay, there you go. Seriously, I'm sorry. From the from but, from the BC redneck, here we go. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. 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 Something like that. I don't know. Uh, Charles. All right. First of all, if any of the Bombers fans did call him gay or anything because of his hair and so on. I'm sorry, that's wrong. That should never be done. You can yell at players and yell stuff at football games all the time. Don't cross that line. It doesn't, there's no reason for it. But with Derek Gennett bringing it up, unless there's like video or something like that, you're never going to be able to actually prove it. So what is the point of bringing it up? Because it just makes you sound um, really uh, sour grapes and so on. Second of all, with his comments about the the smoke from the cannon, how freaking big are these cannons that they had smoke all over the freaking stadium from one end to the other that never left? I'm sorry. Pirate ship cannons didn't give off that many smoke, and they were firing them repeatedly. I mean, come on, and not to mention... By the way, you're in an outdoor stadium. If that's smoke from a cannon, it doesn't just sit there. It floats to the atmosphere. Do you guys know nothing about weather? If you do, because if you don't, you should go work for the Weather Network because they don't either. But that was not any kind of smoke from a cannon. That was fog. Like someone I saw uh, um, online in from that lived in Winnipeg asked if there was another Bombers game yesterday because there was still fog there. Come on. What a stupid comment. And I'm sorry. That just... Uh, he wasn't the only one. Bobby Levi Mitchell said the same thing for some reason. Come on. I mean, you make yourself look so dumb. When you say stuff like that, you lost the game. You were pissed off on losing the game. Don't say anything at all. Go home and get ready for next week. Don't say stupid crap like that because you just hurt your own credibility. The one thing that that confuses me is that if you do something that you consider stylish. Right. Right. So that you can stand out from a crowd, okay, whether you've got 
piercings all over your face, whether you've got face tattoos or neck tattoos, whether you've punched holes in your earlobe that you can put a baseball through. You do this for one simple thing. You want people to see it, okay? If you've pierced your dick, then it's because you don't want people to see it, and that's strictly for yourself. But if you're doing it so that people can see it, then you're doing it to get attention. Derek Dennis, you dyed your hair a funny color. Why did you do that? You did that to stand out from everybody else out there. You're a black man. Your hair's black. They're all black. So if you dye it to be something else, then you're doing it to attract attention. You're going to get good attention and you're going to get bad attention. But you're going to get attention. It's what happens when you're not fitting the norm, okay? The one thing that bothers me the most well, not doesn't really bother me that much, but, but it, it's like women, well-endowed women who wear extremely low-cut dresses or tops, and then they get mad at you for staring at their tits. Okay, I'm sorry, but you're putting them out there to get attention. You got attention. Now it's unwanted. Yes, I know you should be able to do anything that you want, but let's face facts. You did that for attention. Derek Dennis, you did this for attention. You got the attention. Live with it. Don't complain about it. If you're complaining about the attention, don't dye your hair purple or whatever color it is right now. Mark, talk about your fans. They shouldn't be calling, attacking somebody's sexual orientation regardless of what they look like, unless he's in a pink tutu. <laughs> no, uh, 100% agree. If it did happen, then that's wrong. And I don't think we're. Da- I don't. I don't think there's anybody that thinks it did not happen. Uh, he made three comments, or points, whatever you want to call them. Two of the three were 100% false. So why would the third one not be 100% false? We also have a running back on our team who has red dreadlocks, and he is black. So you you wonder if it actually happened. If it did, it is 100% wrong, and I'd be the first person to apologize on behalf of Winnipeg to Derek Demers. But you guys have already covered the canon thing. Um, He also made a comment about we pipe in crowd noise over the speakers. Derek Dennis doesn't understand physics, obviously, the physics of a roof that is contoured over top of the crowd in order for that sound to bounce around all over the place on both sides of the stands. He doesn't take into account that the field is 30 feet, I think it is, below ground. So that sound that comes down stays down. It's got a long way to go down, and it stays down there. And in a weird way, it's actually louder in there when there's 24, 25,000 than when it's sold out because of the echo. So he needs to go back to school, get some grade 12 physics going. He needs to understand that the cannon that, that was a great we do have um, – 
goes off in the north end zone, and the fog rolled in from the south end zone. Come so on, physics, Mark. Right? <laughs> Come on, Mark. They didn't teach physics at Churchill. Come on. <laughs> yes, they Come did. Come on, Mark. No, they didn't. <laughs> My question is, if these giant mutant cannons put off that much smoke, why the hell wouldn't the bombers just fire them three or four times before every game so the other guys couldn't see? They do fire off the cannon a couple of times as the players come well, out. There you go. <laughs> and there was no, I mean, no smoke laying from that one until the fog rolled in. BC does that inside a BC place. We don't get smog rolling in, but the, no. the, the, the cannon smoke dissipates in 30 or 40 seconds. Yes, well, yeah, it's in CO2. your stadium. And it's CO2. It disappears. Yeah. <laughs> that it's, it's not even so smoke. Thick. That smoke so, was so thick it was hard to watch on TV. I couldn't see. It was hard to even tell what was going on. That's not from a freaking cannon. It's not I as bad as the Ottawa cap. game where they kept getting rain on the cameras. Oh, that was awful. Uh, you guys probably had a better view of it on TV than I had watching it live. Not much. Um, punts and any kind of long bomb type pass, like the one to Adams in the, or to Wallatarski, sorry, in the second half, didn't have a clue. I want to know I how the players could, saw this. Well, I, I knew that somebody had caught the ball because of the other side, the uh, west side stands were erupting, and we were trying to figure out what was going on. We, I spent most of the fourth quarter watching it on the uh, big screen. You could yeah. not see a thing. And that's from Cannon Smoke. So that, that's I, I, I think that, I, I think the league has to take, uh, take a lead role on this, and they, they have to discuss this, and, and it, something has to change. You cannot have cannon smoke like that. In fact, I think the, no. the Players Association needs to bring this up in the CBA. <laughs> Love it. Um, but that's why I wonder if his first statement was true about being called gay. It's entirely possible it happened, like Will said. Things like that yeah. get said here a lot. Um, it was $5 draft night, which the fans did drink dry. So they then moved to yeah, but I hear $2 there's off only two, cans. I hear there's only two kegs for the entire stadium. Someone complained about that on a blind Well, there was probably more than two kegs, but guarantee it was just whatever was left in the stadium that they were just blowing out so they didn't have to throw it away. But they then took two dollars off the king cans too, so there was an awful lot of alcohol flowing, and that's when dumb things get said. But again, two out of three of his yeah. statements are blatantly false. They're not just false; they're ridiculously false. Yeah, and so the ridiculous did... nature of the two statements has to hurt your credibility on the third. Well, why would I believe you on your? Statement about somebody calling you gay when the other two things you said were blatantly false. Nothing else you said were right, so. So I I don't take a lot of stock in it. I just think that this is the crumbling of the Calgary Stampeders. They don't know how to lose. They're not used to this. And he whined. And then he even ended up having Jordan Reeves go on his Twitter account and say that the Bomber fans are ridiculous, too. Like, oh, Jordan, I really hope your dad is reading this. 
Yeah, it's just whatever. You don't like our crowd? Win a game here then. That's how you have to do it. You have to shut the crowd up, correct? Don't Pretty whine much. after the game. Don't whine after the game. Maybe being in Saskatchewan last year rubbed off on him too much. I don't know. Some, something's wrong. Something had to happen. I don't know. Derek Dennis, grow a pair. Okay. Now, of course, I can say that on the side of my computer. Because I don't think I would say that to him in real life. Uh, I'm not a keyboard warrior in that aspect of things. I'd use back up what I just said. I usually say, but I'm not going to go tell Derek Dennis in person to grow a pair because that would be really stupid of me, and that's not who I am. And okay. no more cannon. It's just a five-year-old with a cap gun from now on. Yeah, come on, Mark. Jesus. Yeah, that'll work. Bang, 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 bang. You know what I miss? I miss the foghorn. The the BC Ferries. I agree. Horn. I used to like that thing. We 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 should get that on the podcast. All we've got is this thing here. That's, that's not the on, same. I'll work on finding a foghorn. Work on find me a foghorn. That looks wonderful. Okay, so. The next group. The group attempting to bring a team to Halifax have submitted the stadium proposal to city council. If they get the go-ahead from council, does that all but guarantee a CFL team is going to Halifax? There is a team going to Halifax. I don't think there should be, and I am happy for them, and I hope they are successful there is way too much stacked against them. But you know what? The biggest thing that I've always said is they need a stadium. They don't have one. They're now working on the stadium. They don't have an owner's group. Well, they now have one. So they are fixing all of the things that I said they don't have currently have in place one at a time. Now, I still don't think they have a fan base, but that could I could be proved wrong on that 100%. I'm, I, I will accept that. I, you know what? Build a team. Build a stadium. They will come. See what happens. You know, see what happens. I just think going into a new market at this time of it, – it, it doesn't sound right to me, but you know what? I'm good with it. And, yes – if city council agrees to the plan to build the stadium in Halifax in the position in which they have and the financing that they need to get it done and the council agrees with it, the stadium's going to be built and there will be a CFL team in Halifax. I have no doubt in my mind. There's just too much, too much force behind it at this point in time with the league, the CBA, the players association, everything is happening for the betterment of this league and for the direction of a team in Halifax. I think it's going to fail, but that's my opinion. And uh, I don't have to justify it, and you don't have to challenge me on it. Charles, are you okay? Yeah. You've been sneezing a lot. Are you going to be okay? No, I just had a tickle in my nose. It's gone now. Okay. Yep. Better than a tickle in your ass. 
Anyways, uh, <laughs> so the this Halifax thing, I I've thought for a while now that this is what Randy Ambrosi wants to be his legacy is finally being the one to bring the CFL to Halifax. And it looks like they've got a stadium site. Um, they're apparently going to a vote in Halifax City Council next week, but uh, from what I've been reading and hearing, that's nothing more than a rubber stamp. So, And I'm hearing that pretty much after that, they're going to allow these guys to start selling season tickets. So it's all but a done deal that the CFL is going as Halifax. I still very much have my uh, concerns about it. I'm not convinced that it's a, a surefire uh, slam dunk like a lot of people do, but we have to wait and see. Now that they're going to go there, we've got to give them the chance to try it. Um, looks like they're going to build this new stadium. They're willing to go ahead with it. So, But for these people saying, oh, I heard someone say, well, will they be in the state? Will they be in the league next year? How long do these people think it takes to build a proper stadium? We're talking like three years down the road. It's not going to be uh, just a quick, uh, you know, quick um, process. You, you got to build it properly. So it's probably at least three years away, but it is going to come. That There's little doubt of that now. And that's about all I got to say. Okay. Mark. Yeah, pretty much the same as Charles said. Uh, obviously, if they get city council approval, it's coming through. Um, I would say 2021. I think that's the number I've heard them say is they're looking at 2021 to be in the league. So at least they are going to take some time on it. Um, has there ever been a mention of an expansion fee? Or are they just I giving them the... Yeah, they just. I would think they have. No, I think they have to get charged some for it. If the city there was one for Ottawa, money, I can't see there wouldn't be. Yeah, there wasn't one for Ottawa. There was one for Ottawa. There was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just curious because I haven't seen or heard anything about an expansion fee. <laughs> and what the cost would be. Uh, you know, like you, Christopher, I'm a little concerned about, you know, yeah, that I guess they have a fan base. We haven't seen it, you know, with the touchdown Atlantic games that they had. Now, it obviously, terribly, they didn't have a... Terrible fan yeah. base. The majority of them came from Toronto or Hamilton to to watch their team play in the Maritimes. So, you know, I, I don't know how that's possible. They didn't support yeah, it. Yeah, you will get some away fans going to the games as part of a vacation or just, hey, let's go to Halifax and watch a game. This is cool. But I don't know if that's sustainable. Hopefully they do have enough of a fan base and build a small stadium like they have in the east. And there's really nothing much over 25000 now, which is smart. But hopefully they can build enough of a fan base because it would be great if it does work. Although yep. I really don't want to see BC playing in Halifax, that time change. The game oh, will start that, like three thirty in the so afternoon bad. here. Yeah, that's not bad. It, it, can you imagine Hamilton or Halifax coming to BC and playing a seven o'clock game on a Friday night, knowing that, that, that they're time. actually starting at eleven o'clock? They're going to finish at two a.m. 
that team is going to be bagged. They're going to have to come out like oh. a week early just to get acclimatized. And it's not yeah. going to be much better going into Calgary or Edmonton because that's the same as Montreal or Toronto coming to BC, and they've never really been successful at that. They're going to have to make their hay when they're at home. Yeah. You know, I think it's good for the league, though, to get the 10th team in. It does look like it's going to happen. And at least they're doing it properly. Yeah. Okay, the expansion fee for the last expansion franchise awarded in 2008 to the Ottawa Red Blacks, who took the field in 2014, which was six years to put the team on the field, was $7 million. Didn't realize it was that much. The Ottawa Renegades franchise fee in 2001 was $5 million. And it is speculated slash estimated the expansion team for the next franchise will be in the $9 to $10 million range. Yeah, that sounds about right. So they're going to have to toss $10 million bucks of the league to just to be able to secure their spot. Yep. Thanks, Charles. Yep. Okay, going to go real fast on this one. Uh, and I might just rant on this one, and you guys do what you want. Um, despite his team's bad record, Toronto coach Mark Tressman continues to keep his he- head held high. How much blame does he get for the tough season the Argos are having, and do we think he will return as a coach next year? Okay, I want to talk a little bit about this because pointing fingers at Mark Tressman isn't the answer here. This man... I, I have phenomenal amount of respect for him. He is a classy individual on everything. But this is what's happened to him this year, okay? This is what happened to him this year. His dad died, who he talked to every single day, who he phoned after every practice, who he phoned after every game, and they talked nonstop. He died 88 years old. His mother has got terminal cancer, Okay. And is going through treatment right now. She is going to die. Okay, that's just a simple fact. His wife has had stem cell surgery and is fighting a battle with some weird disease right now and winning, which is the same as that his sister-in-law has. He has phenomenal disasters in his personal life, and he still puts in the hours to coach a football team and do it properly. I have ultimate respect for this man. None of this season was his fault. I'm not blaming him for one iota. Will he be in Toronto next year? I hope he's not. He deserves more. He deserves better. I got 90 seconds left in the game uh, in this thing. Does anybody want to say anything really fast on this subject? Uh, I think that Tressman's too good for, uh, for Toronto. Okay. Hope he comes to BC. We need a Wally replacement. Okay. This has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 293. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and thank you very much for sticking around and listening to me. There's no way that Odell Willis is going to get suspended. Forget it, Ryder fans. Let it go. You're still ranting on me over this one on Let's Talk CFL Facebook group. Let it go. Charles, say goodnight. Goodnight, folks. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later this week. Mark. Good night, everybody. Talk to you later in the week. BC sucks.
oh, sure, now it comes back, BC sucks. I don't think that's a rightful statement. Yeah, watch us in the Grey Cup. Will, go ahead. Come on, Will, hurry up. Nine, seven, six, five. Will, you can say goodnight. Goodnight from Will McDonald.